a reader named Betty McEwen contacted me and she said, I tried your approach and my hot flashes were gone in five days. I said, five days. She said, no, it's true. It might even been three days. I said, okay, I'm glad for your result, but tell me exactly what you did. And so uh, I got off the phone. I actually ran into Dr. Kaliova's office. I said, I think we need to plan a study here. We need to put this to the test. And the study was called the Women's Study for the Alleviation of Vasomotor Symptoms or Waves. So many of them just said, my hot flashes have just left me alone. Finally, I can sleep through the night. They felt so much better. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us. This is episode 58 of season four, number 253 overall. And this is also the first of a three-part series about a groundbreaking new study that is a game changer for menopause. The results show just by changing what you eat, you can reduce hot flashes by upwards of 80%. 80%. So if you do a little math and you have five hot flashes a day, on average, you would only have one. If you have 10 hot flashes a day, that would reduce all the way down to two. And if you really want to talk about changing the way you go through the change of life, well, a lot of women who participated in this study, well, they went from having hot flashes all day and all night to having none at all. We're talking zero. As a matter of fact, these women say they got their life back. And throughout this series, you will be hearing from them, including today when I will be joined by Margot LaMarche, and she could not wait to share her story with you. A story of what it's like to go from being held hostage by hot flashes to now being free of them. It's such a great story. So we will hear about her experience throughout the study and how her hot flash-free journey is continuing today. Also throughout the series, you'll be hearing from the study's lead author, Dr. Neil Barnard, and he will be explaining what's behind these promising results, and he's going to walk us through how everything came together, including the genesis for this study. It began with a phone call from a woman who was telling him about the change that she made to her diet and what happened. And that set everything into motion. This woman, she dialed just one number. But in doing so, that one number that she dialed, well, it could wind up changing millions of lives. So science, inspiration, and oh yeah, soy. That little bean plays a huge role in all of this. Now, before we go any further, I wanted to let you know that these interviews with Dr. Barnard are also going to be posted on Facebook and YouTube. So during our conversation, he's actually going to reference a lot from a presentation that he's put together on this study. And there are a lot of good visuals there, the charts and the graphs that help you understand and visualize that data. So you'll see that, 
some other things that will help tie everything together. So if you would like to watch along with this podcast, there are links to our YouTube channel and Facebook page in the episode notes. And right now, let's get ready. Let's get ready for the first part of our three-part series on handling hot flashes. Margot is going to share her amazing experience of becoming hot flash free in just a moment. But first, Dr. Barnard and the exciting results of this extraordinary study. I'm so excited today to welcome Dr. Neil Barnard back to the exam room. Sir, thank you so very much for being here. Great to be here, Chuck. This is really an exciting study, is it not? It really is. And just what you said is right. So many people have hot flashes that go on month after month, year after year, disrupting sleep. About 80% of women in North America have them. But I think we found a pretty good solution. I think so too. And I will tell you that you're talking month after month. And during this series of podcasts that we're doing here on this wave study, uh, I've had an opportunity to speak with a number of the women who went through this study. And they said, well, look, you know, one participant in particular said it wasn't just months. You know, my mom went through it for year after year after year after year. And she thought that that too was going to be her fate. But no, no, as we will hear some very exciting results here. So let's start with what exactly is this study? Okay, uh, let me actually walk you through uh, my presentation, if you don't mind. I'd like sure. to show, show you some slides so that people understand the background, where the study came from, and what we found. Um, first of all, what hot flashes are, it's a phenomenon called vasodilation. The blood vessels in your skin dilate, they become wide, and they release heat into the skin very rapidly. It's just like somebody going over and opening up a radiator, the heat just comes right out. And they can happen at night and disrupt sleep. But researchers looked at Japan back in the 1980s and found something interesting. Women weren't having hot flashes very much. Uh, maybe 15% of women had them. And if they had them, they were really pretty mild. And the same was true in China. Researchers looked at China in the 1990s and found they didn't have much hot flashes either. And so people keyed in on What's going on in China? What's going on in Japan? What do they eat? Tofu, uh, soybean products, uh, miso soup, that kind of thing. And soybeans have natural compounds called isoflavones. And th this will not be on the test, but uh, these are the isoflavones that are natural compounds in soy, and they can treat hot flashes at least, at least a little bit. Not necessarily super powerful, but they're there. However, the story gets a whole lot more complicated. Uh, the diet changed in Japan. McDonald's arrived and Burger King and everybody else. And the rice-based diet turned into a diet with burgers and cheese. And hot flashes went up to more than 40% of women by about the year 2000. So what was going on? Big increase in animal products. More fish, more meat, more dairy, especially more dairy. And what went down was rice and other grains and potatoes. So a plant-based diet was giving away to a meaty kind of diet. So that was really a problem. But when researchers looked beyond Japan, beyond China, and looked even in Mexico, they found something interesting. Researchers in Mexico, uh, in a town called Valladolid, you fly down to Cancun, 
get in your car, drive two hours west. There's a town called Valladolid and another one called Chichimila. And there are many Mayan women there. And they didn't report hot flashes at all. I mean, zero. So what's their diet? Rice? No, their grain is corn. Soybeans? Mm -mm. Their bean is black beans. Uh, they eat a lot of a vegetable called a plant called la chaya and many other vegetables, at least historically. Um, as you know, things are changing a lot around the world, and, and that's true in rural Mexico too. But what we think is that the soybeans were part of the story in Japan and China, but the plant-based, generally speaking, plant-based diet um, was relevant there and also relevant um, in, uh, in Mexico. Okay, but the plot thickens. Um, here's why the overall diet might matter along with soy. They, they might actually work together. Um, I've got a chemical structure here called daidzine. That's one of the isoflavones. The name doesn't matter, but here's what matters. You've got gut bacteria. The daidzine goes through the gut bacteria. They change it into another compound called equal that is like supercharged medicine, natural medicine against hot flashes. So what we think is happening, soybeans help, but the overall diet gives you a healthy gut microbiome that can turn whatever's in the soybeans into something that really is going to work a lot. Okay. So anyway, what happened then, Chuck, was in last year, as you know, I wrote a book called Your Body in Balance. And I was going around giving talks about, uh, about this book. And a reader, and, and including the things that we're talking about now, about how to tackle menopause and the importance of soy and plant-based diet. A reader named Betty McEwen contacted me and she said, I tried your approach and my hot flashes were gone in five days. And, and so I, th I, I spoke to her on the phone. I said, five days. I, I didn't promise they'd be gone that, quite that fast. She said, no, it's true. It might've even been three days. I said, okay, I'm glad for your result, but tell me exactly what you did. She said, well, I read your book, but I put it to into practice in a specific way. And she said it was vegan, no animal products, kept fat really low, but she used whole soybeans. It wasn't say necessarily tofu or soy milk. She said, I got whole soybeans. In fact, she went onto Amazon and she bought Laura brand non-GMO soybeans. And then she got an instant pot and she cooked up the soybeans and had a half a cup per day. So I'm, I'm on the phone with her, I'm writing all this down. And I think this might've surprised her. I then did a randomized clinical trial of her interpretation of this method. So Betty, wherever you are, thank you for suggesting this. Um, and the study was called the Women's Study for the Alleviation of Vasomotor Symptoms or Waves. And this is uh, what you were just describing, Chuck. This just came out. Um, Postmenopausal women began the diet or they were in a control group that got no change. And it was 12 weeks. The diet intervention was half a cup of soybeans cooked soybeans every day, totally vegan, no animal products, minimizing oils. And a vegan diet is a vegan diet. Um, fruits, grains, beans, vegetables. Everyone got B12 because you need B12. And we asked them to track their hot flashes using an app on their phone, um, which is called MyLuna. And it tracks the frequency, intensity, duration of your hot flashes. You just push a button when it happens. And everyone got a digital scale. You know, keep in mind, we did this in the pandemic. So we had to work remotely with everyone and it was all 
high tech and digital. Um, everyone got an instant pot and to bulk, uh, bulk what, am I, what am I trying to say, batch cook their soybeans. And the results were striking. First of all, looking at weight, the control group actually gained a little weight, but the group that did the vegan diet, they lost about not quite eight pounds, 3.5 kilograms. And then when you looked at what happened to the really troubling hot flashes, they improved a little bit in the control group, but in the group doing the diet, they dropped from about five a day to less than one a day. That's an 84% drop. And the number of women who were completely free of hot flashes, at the beginning of the study, they all had hot flashes. By 12 weeks, uh, only 41% had any moderate to severe hot flashes at all in the intervention group, in the control group, no change. So let me un unshare, uh, so I can come back and, and just say that the, the take-home message here is that there's a combination of things. Soybeans are good, but if you just take a soy extract, that doesn't, that, that's not enough. Um, the combination of the soybeans, the overall healthy diet, getting the fat out, getting the animal products out, that combination is what really knocked it out of the park. So let's uh, talk about this study. Very exciting results. Um, clarify for us again what the difference was between the control group and the intervention group. W was it just the, the soy? Um, well, no, the control group was supposed to not change their diet. Some of them um, might have <laughs> changed their diet, uh, but in, in theory, um, they were not supposed to. They were supposed to follow whatever diet they were on before, not do soybeans or anything. Um, however, I think you're touching on something. Um, all of the women in both groups wanted to go vegan. They wanted to get rid of their hot flashes. So even though we asked the control group not to change their diet, um, to keep the groups the same, we sent them all an instant pot. We sent them all B12. Um, we sent them all a digital scale so they could kind of track their weight. And some of them might have started the diet change a little bit early, um, which might have accounted for why they were doing a little bit better. Um, than they had been before. But the the diet group itself had this massive change where um, so many of them just said, my hot flashes have just left me alone. Finally, I can sleep through the night. They felt so much better. Well, let me ask you, you got that, that phone call from Betty McEwen and you decide to do this study. Um, what was your hypothesis going into this? I mean, you, you're talking about an 84% reduction here. I mean, that is remarkable. Even in your wildest of hypotheses, could you expect that type of result? You just really can't tell. And you, you really have to be honest with this. And, and so she said she had this dramatic result that was very, very rapid. And so uh, I got off the phone. I actually ran into Dr. Kaliova's office. I said, I think we need to plan a study here. We need to put this to the test. And, and, and that's, that's for an important reason. For, for those of you watching this program, you know, that many women have menopausal symptoms and what happens when you go see your doctor. Let me give you a prescription for hormones. And then the discussion is, don't these cause cancer over the long run? And, and aren't they associated? And, and all of these issues come up. If you can do it through diet, those risks are taken off the table. So that was your thinking going in. I'm, I'm, 
I have had the opportunity, as I said, to speak with a number of the women who participated in this study, but I'm wondering what are some of the things, the feelings that they expressed to you and your research team heading into this? Were they really expecting, uh, again, this type of dramatic result? No, I, I, well, they were hopeful, but we didn't know. And prior studies have suggested that just going, just having soybeans alone, it doesn't do a lot. It does, it does some, but it's not huge. And a vegan diet alone is helpful, but it doesn't get you all the way there for a lot of people. This combination seemed to be what really did it. Um, but Chuck, I want to tell you something that um, we started lots of research studies around here. And when it begins, the participants are sort of like kids at the swimming pool in June. You know, they, they're sticking their toe in the water thinking, <laughs> I wonder if I want to jump in or not. You know, the, they want to go vegan. They want to do this, but they're nervous about it. But once they jump in, they discover the water's fine. And let me ask you about uh, what we saw with the health trends over in Japan. Um, the introduction of, of with the standard American diet, you know, more meat, more fat, uh, specific to fat, how big of a role do you think that is playing in terms of the severity of menopause that a woman might experience? I think it's... Um, the amount of fat, but also the type of fat. If you look at say cheese fat, um, I mean, that's what's coming in, cheese and meat. You get not only more fat, but you get particularly the saturated fat. And that seems to be worse than other kinds of fat. Uh, that said, if a woman has hot flashes and she's trying to knock them out, I would not only avoid animal products, but I would really keep all the fats really low. The animal fat for sure, but I would keep the other fats low too. So we, we hear about the 84% number, and that's a reduction for everyone who participated. But I'm curious if there was one participant maybe who really stood out to you, right? So this was being done in the middle of the pandemic. And what we know is that during the pandemic, people have been packing on pounds. Like it's almost hard to imagine the rate at which some people are gaining weight. And that to me means that there are a lot of people who are making extra trips to the drive-through, maybe eating extra bags of potato chips. And I'm wondering if there was one participant who really saw such a a more dramatic change than perhaps anybody else because of the diet that they were eating? Um, to, to tell you the truth, almost everybody had changes that, that, that came in really quickly. Um, it was quite unusual to see a person who didn't get a response from the diet. But there is one person who um, really jumped out at me. Well, frankly, many did, but let me just mention one. Um, and the reason she jumped out at me is she made the diet change. She got tremendous benefit. Um, her hot flashes were, were greatly reduced, but we get together every week and we talk by zoom. How are you doing? Whatever. And she said, I want to bring my husband into this. I said, really? Um, her husband had diabetes and had other health issues. And she, and the whole idea was, this isn't just for me. This might help my spouse, my kids, uh, other people. And that's what, Really, I have to say, I find really impressive. And, and, and if, if you're watching this program, you know what I'm talking about. Um, if I give you a prescription for metformin for diabetes or lisinopril for your blood pressure, whatever it is, that'll affect you. It won't affect anybody that you live with or, or your community. But if, if, on the other hand, the treatment is a healthier breakfast or a healthier, healthier diet in general, 
that rubs off on everybody and everyone gets into the discussion and other people can put that to work. And you're also breaking the chain between our generation and the next generation that inherits our diet um, patterns. So I guess what I'm getting at is, is that she taught me this, I think, important lesson that a food treatment goes to the cause of the issue and allows other people to, to jump in whom we may never actually see in our clinic. And uh, as we wrap up here, this first episode of a three-part series on this just extraordinary study, I'm curious, what has the reception been thus far among your colleagues in the medical community? Um, I have to say, I thought people would um, be concerned about it because, it, frankly, it's a big, it's a bit of a threat to the hormone industry. That is not the response we've encountered. The response has been cheers um, because finally we've got something that we're proud to share with our patients. So I've been really, really happy um, with that. The doctors are saying, "How how can I do this? How to tell me the steps? You know, how how do I walk a person through it? What if they have questions?" Um, the doctors who are, the doctors who are prescribing hormones really don't want to be doing that, and the women who say, "Don't give me something safer." Um, they need an answer. And I think finally we've got it. And the fact that soy is such an instrumental or plays such an instrumental role in this study, I imagine for a lot of your colleagues as well, that's, that's quite the head scratcher because as we'll talk about in the second episode, soy is still this ultra controversial food. Um, it has been, um, it shouldn't be because the science on it is really pretty clear. Uh, but unfortunately in the internet world, uh, myths, persist and they they've been pervasive including in the medical community so i'm hoping we can set those aside all right well in the next episode dr barnard you and i are going to get into separating soy fact from soy fiction truth and lies all about soy so uh we are off and running on this three-part series if you have not already done so please go ahead and like this channel subscribe to it and leave a nice comment below or Get the audio version, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, look for the exam room by the Physicians Committee, hit the subscribe button there as well. And we are going to tell you everything that you could possibly want to know about this exciting, groundbreaking and potentially even life changing study. So Dr. Barnard, thank you so very much for joining us today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Jack. Again, if you would like to watch the interview with Dr. Barnard so you can see everything he's been talking about, you can do that right now on the Physicians Committee's Facebook page and YouTube channel. Links to both right now are in the episode notes. There's also a link there to the complete recap of the study. And on that page with that recap, you will also find the full study itself. So you can dive all the way as deep as you want into the results and see them with your own two eyes. Now, Margot LaMarche doesn't need to see the study though, because she lived through it. Not only did she live through it, she got her life back because of it. And she's here to tell us all about that experience. What it was like going from unrelenting hot flash after hot flash and countless nights of waking up time and time and time again and then being extremely uncomfortable at points throughout the day. They would just strike out of nowhere. And that was her life. And then Margot went through the study and she started to eat the plant-based diet that included soy. 
and oh my goodness how her fortunes would change. But you don't have to take my word for it. Continuing our look at this groundbreaking study that is offering hope and relief to the millions of women who will experience uncomfortable hot flashes during menopause. And one of the women who experienced this relief firsthand is here with us here today. I'm so excited to welcome Margo LaMarche to the exam room. Margo, thank you so very much for being here. Oh, thank you, Chuck. This is really an exciting study, isn't it? I mean, I've heard from so many viewers, so many listeners already. They're like, oh my gosh, my whole life has changed. Well, I will tell you that my whole life definitely has changed. Um, and it's summertime here in Virginia, and so it's hot. And everybody will know that that makes your hot flashes worse. I have not go gone back to having hot flashes and night sweats like I did before. I, I mean, I am a new person, absolutely a new person. Let's talk about uh, those hot flashes and night sweats on a scale of one to 10 with one being, eh, it's not bad at all. And 10 being, oh, it's just unbearable. I can't take this for another day. Where would you say the severity of yours would fall? Can I say like a 12 or a 15? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, it changed, you know, it wasn't always that bad, but there were nights when I went through like three pairs of pajamas and days when I would, you know, be sitting and just sitting in a pool of sweat. So, I mean, it, it was just awful, just awful. You wake up three times in the night, just drenched? Just drenched. And, you know, then the problem is, and you won't understand this because you haven't been through it, but you're, you're drenched and then the hot flash stops and then you're freezing because you're wet, your clothes are wet and it's absolutely miserable. What did that do for, I mean, your start of the day? If you're getting like, really at that point, I'm gonna just assume like, that's a really poor quality of sleep. You're, sleep. you're constantly waking up. Like, did that affect your, your mood during the day? Were you just groggy, cranky? Oh, absolutely cranky. Um, and I, I would say too, that not just the lack of sleep makes you cranky, but your hormones being out of balance also makes you cranky. I mean, that's a, you know, mood swings and whatnot is also a, um, you know, symptom of menopause. Um, and this study changed so many of those symptoms, not just the hot flashes. The hot flashes were what we, you know, were concentrating on and looking at, but um, it changed so much more than just the hot flashes. Before menopause, like what, what did you think you might experience? What did you think that the, the transition might feel like? Were you expecting anything like this? Uh, unfortunately, I was. Um, my mother is in her 90s, and she just stopped having hot flashes. Yes, think about that. In her 90s, she, she'll be 94 in September. And I'd say maybe in the past two years is when she really stopped having hot flashes. Growing up, you know, I remember my mom, well, I mean, as I was older, but my mom and my aunt, they'd be all oh, flat, you know, going like this, fanning themselves. And, you know, you could see red and sweat and, you know, whatnot. And, um, yeah, it was just awful. <laughs> so I was hoping that I would not have that issue. But, um, yeah, I was not one of the lucky ones. <laughs> 
So, I mean, so your mom was going through this long before you reached menopausal age. And I mean, goodness gracious, if, if I'm in your position, I am just absolutely, I'm, I mean, I've got that hope that you were just talking about, but at the same time, I'm kind of dreading what's to come. Absolutely. I was dreading it. And when I started, you know, my doctor said, oh, you know, it'll go on for a couple, three years and then that's it. It'll be over with. And I looked at him and I, and I, you know, my mother was maybe late seventies, early eighties at that point. And I'm like, yeah, no, my mother is still going strong. <laughs> so I figured I was in it for the long haul. You know, what did, well. what, what did your doctor say when you were like, yeah, well, my mom's had this now for years and years and years. What was your doctor's reaction? Well, you know, there's medication you can go on. You can go on birth control pills, which then you don't go into menopause. Um, but then they don't know when to take you off birth control pills because they don't know when you're going to go into menopause. Um, so and I didn't really want to take um, hormones. And then there was um, there's other drugs um, that are like mood disorder drugs that, quote, the side effect is lessened hot flashes. Um, but again, I hate taking something. So I've just been kind of sucking it up and <laughs> struggling through. <laughs> so how, how old were you when you had uh, your first symptom appear? Um, late 40s, maybe 47. Yeah, 46, 47. And I'm 58 now. I'll tell you that you don't have to ask. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, it's been over 10 years that I've been, you know, going through this. If you remember back to the first one you had, do you remember what what you were thinking? Was it kind of a feeling of, oh, no, here we go? Well, it, it kind of comes on slowly. So the first few were kind of like, ah, it's a little warm in here, you know, and it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, it wasn't until, you know, they started getting, um, you know, more concentrated and more so that I'm like, oh yeah, this is, I'm, I'm doing this. <laughs> so we, we yeah. talked about it interrupting your sleep, but how would it, uh, how also would it affect you during the day? I would imagine it hits you during waking hours as well. Yes. Yes. And, um, yeah, you just, you, you didn't know when it was going to happen. And so you could be out having lunch with your friends and all of a sudden just be sweating. And it's so embarrassing. You get red in the face and, you know, you can visibly see the, the sweat on you. Um, you know, my, my husband used to say, you know, like he'd sit next to me and he'd be like, you are burning up. Like it, it radiates off of you. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's just awful. <laughs> if you were out with your girlfriends or something like that, what was their reaction? Was it kind of a sympathetic thing or did you try your best to hide what was happening at the time? Well, I did try my best to hide it, but you know, they were like, yeah, it's, you know, some of them are like, oh, yeah, I'm there too. And others are like, oh, I'm so glad that I've never had a hot flash. So it, it's a very interesting thing that some women have them and have them so bad, and then other women don't have them at all. Um, yeah, I, it, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't think they figured out, you know, uh, what causes it, you know, between the different women, but it's just one of those things, I guess. 
Was, is that one of those things where you're you're going through that and then you hear one of your friends say, yeah, I've never had a hot flash in my life. You just think, and you don't actually hate them, but you're like, I hate <laughs> you right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it, it's just not, it's just not fair. And yes, I, I totally was thinking that like, what is wrong with me? I hate you that you're <laughs> not having a problem, but yeah. yeah. Did you have any idea um, that any of this could be driven by diet or were you chalking this up exclusively to genetics? I mean, we've talked about what your mom was going through. Yeah, I figured that it was just genetics. Um, and I, I had, before the study, I had been trying to progress to a more whole food plant-based diet, but I wasn't really there yet. Um, so, but that I never thought that it, ha it would have anything to, to do with my hot flashes or change any of that. I was doing it more. Um, my in-laws have had cardio, you know, problems and I wanted my husband and I to be healthier. And so that's why I was pushing that way. Um, but yeah, I never thought that it would have anything to do with um, hot flashes. So how was it that you came across this study? So you, you were actually already uh, introduced to the idea of whole food plant-based eating. So it sounds to me like you were trying very hard to take care of yourself to begin with. And so you see this study, I'm sure that piqued your interest. Yes, that's, I followed Dr. Barnard on Facebook and um, that's how I found out about the study. Um, so yeah, and I was just, cross my fingers that I was not the control group. <laughs> I was actually in the test group. So I feel blessed that I was in the test group and not, um, you know, in the control group. So what, when did uh, they introduce you all to the idea of soy? I mean, I would imagine it would have been very early on in that study, right? Yes. Well, and when I talked to Dr. Barnard um, before the study even started, one of the things that he asked was, would I be willing to consume soy every day? Um, you know, I don't have to tell you, soy is such a controversial topic. Um, and so I, I kind of think they were making sure that anybody that they admitted into the study would be willing to eat soy because it is such a, or can be such a controversial food. And, and did you have any apprehension? No, no. I, um, I don't believe all the, I mean, even before all my education in the study, I still didn't believe all the, you know, the hype about it. And I had been eating tofu and tempeh, tempeh already. I had never eaten like just soybeans, um, edamame and tofu and tempeh, but never just soybeans. So, I, I, you know, it was just one more way to eat it. Oh, it sounds to me like you may have been the best prepared participant in the entire study. <laughs> I mean, you, you're like three quarters of the way there already. Um, that's that's great. Um, so let's let's talk about how quickly you realized, like, hey, they might be onto something with this whole soy thing here. Well, I would say it was about ten days that I would into it that I would have been able to say that I was definitely feeling a change. Um, and by the end of it, I, I'd maybe have one slight hot flash a week, two. Um, and then it was like, uh, is it hot in here or am I having a hot flash? Um, so, and I still feel that way. Um, you know, as I said, I'm in Virginia. It's like 93 degrees outside. 
and that's a big trigger, you know, the heat and the humidity. And I, I'm still feeling great. And every once in a while, I'll have a little something, um, but nothing, <laughs> nothing really. When was the last time you woke up three times in the middle of the night and just absolutely drenched? Oh, before the study. Yeah. Yeah, before the okay. study. And I, I would say even after that, like 10 days, two weeks, I didn't wake up drenched in the middle of the night after that anyway. So how has this affected your quality of life? I would imagine now you're getting the opportunity to sleep through the night and that alone has to make you feel better. Yes, it does. I have, you know, I sleep better, but I have more energy too. Um, you know, as I said, I was trying to get on that right lifestyle, but you know, being on the study, it was like, oh, I can't eat that because I'm on the study. And, you know, I could go out with friends and, you know, they'd say, oh, just have a little. No, I can't eat that. I'm on the study. And so it, it gave me a really good excuse to really knuckle down and do what I knew that I wanted, needed to do anyway. So I, I lost 30 pounds. I feel lighter, more energetic. My skin is clearer. I, I feel younger. I mean, just all the way around, I feel so much better. Yeah, you you look happy. You certainly look healthy. And you gave your age earlier in the show. I'm not going to repeat it because I was a, <laughs> a gentleman. But uh, I will say that you certainly look much younger than that. And uh, I mean, is it fair to say in some ways, like you, you might feel like you got your life back? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about it. Being hot and dripping with sweat and whatnot is just no way to live. Um, and it, it, it's uncomfortable. It's embarrassing. It just interferes with life. And, um, yeah, I just, I feel, I feel like a new person. I really do. How have so, those lunches been when you go out with your friends now? I'm, I'm sure like you're not trying to hide anything because nothing's happening. <laughs> it, it's funny because what I do do a lot of times is I bring my soybeans with me <laughs> and I add it to whatever, you know, I happen to order, you know, sometimes you can't really get something plant-based. So you end up with a salad and you strip everything off of it. You know, like the salad is really, you know, green mixed greens with a hunk of salmon on top. It's not really a salad. It's really about the salmon. So, you know, like if I go out and end up doing, having to do something like that, then I bring my soybeans with me and I just plop them on top of my salad and I'm perfectly happy. Not everybody agrees with me. Some people think, you know, I don't know, I'm going to grow a third eye because I'm eating all this soy, but I, hey, it's, it's working for me. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. I mean, there's, there's going to be a healthy dose of skepticism, especially because of the fact that it is soy. And it is so controversial. This little teeny tiny food is so controversial. Um, <laughs> what are some of the funnier things that your friends, your family have told you when you pull out that bag of soy and you're sitting down at a restaurant? Like, I would imagine those conversations can be quite hysterical, as a matter of fact. Well, nothing really all that funny. I, I will say that one of the weirdest things somebody told me is her husband was drinking soy milk and having hot flashes. And when he stopped drinking soy milk, he stopped having hot flashes. 
And she says, so how are you adding soy to your diet and that's causing you to stop having hot flashes? And I'm thinking, those, that soy milk did not make her husband have hot flashes. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That would, yeah, that's a first. I've never heard of that uh, in my in my life, but oh boy, those conversations. Nutrition is a, that that's a soy. It's not just soy that's a hot topic. Nutrition as a whole. I mean, you want to get a table talking. I mean, you just start talking about food, and people are off. They're ch chatting for days. Yeah, I um, I t you know, it's like politics and religion almost. That's the way that I feel about nutrition. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's right there. Um, so I try and lead by example do the right thing, eat the right thing. And if somebody wants to know more about it, I tell them, but otherwise I, I'm kind of, I'm not preaching because I, it, yeah, it's just too hard to do that. So you, we, we, I asked you about a scale of one to 10 at the beginning of the interview and you said it was like a 12. So where are you today? With my hot flashes, you mean? With all, all of the symptoms, yeah. Um, maybe, 0 0.3, 0 0.5. I mean, I, I'm, I wouldn't even say I'm a one on that scale of one to 10 because I'm not, I'm just really not feeling a whole lot. Wow. That is a huge, huge, huge drop. Huge drop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was not, I mean, I'm not the only one, you know, from the numbers, I'm not the only one who, you know, felt that way. Um, so, and you know, over time, it's, you know, I know my family and people are saying, oh, you can just cheat and whatnot. And I'm thinking, yeah, but if I cheat or whatever, then I'm going to be hot flashing again. And I don't want to do that. You know, the, 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 you know, especially like cheese and whatnot, it stays in your system for so long. Why would I want to do that and then suffer for two weeks for, you know, 10 minutes of cheese pizza? Final question. I mean, could you possibly have imagined uh, the improvement that you saw from this study? I mean, you, it's such a remarkable turnaround. Yeah, I I mean, I had hope going in that maybe it would be better, but I didn't think that it would be such a dramatic turnaround like this. I, I just, I mean, food is an amazing thing. What you feed your body, you know, shows inside and out and you know, you hear stories of, you know, people beating cancer through their diet and, you know, solving cardiovascular disease and whatnot. But I'm thinking, yeah, hot flashes, that's, you know, how is that? Does it, is it really going to affect your hormones that much? And Oh, yeah, it really affects your hormones that much. <laughs> Well, Margot LaMarche, uh, you are just now an inspiration for so many others who are out there going through the same thing that you just did. And I think that by sharing your story today, uh, you are going to help out so many of them. So I'm so grateful that you are able to join us. Well, thank you for having me and um, eat your soybeans. <laughs>
We're gonna take a good hard look at GMO versus non-GMO, organic versus non-organic, soy milk versus other plant milk, the risk of cancer and so much more. And Dr. Barnard is also going to take you literally inside soy, the chemical composition of soy. How is it made up? He's gonna tell you. And then we'll also be hearing from another woman who gained her life back after going through this study, Anne-Marie Pedrick. She's gonna share her experience with us, tell us how her life changed, and we'll also hear how her hot flashes are today. Plus, Dr. Barnard will be back to answer more of your questions because it wasn't long ago that we did a live Q&A all about soy. And you guys, my exam roomies, you stuffed the doctor's mailbag with your questions. I mean, this thing was overflowing. You had so many questions. So Dr. Barnard and I were going to dip back into the mailbag, pull a lot of those questions back out and get you some answers on the next episode as well. And if you're ready to make these changes to your diet, you want to incorporate more soy, you want to eat that plant-based diet that's low in fat, but you also feel like you could use some help from an expert along the way, the doctors and dietitians at the Barnard Medical Center would love to work with you. And telemedicine visits are available. And that means you can get that help right at home or at the office or wherever you are. So make that appointment today. Here's the phone number you need to call, 202-527-7500. That's 202-527-7500. Or you can simply log on to barnardmedical.org to make that appointment. Call them, visit that website, get a full list of states where services are available and start taking charge of your healthier future. And for today, that's going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to Dr. Neil Barnard and to Marco LaMarche for joining us on part one of this three-part series. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based. <laughs> <laughs>